Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An Erio's original. Hey everyone, it's the holidays, and that's the perfect time for you to give us the gift of RRS. Rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you like about the show. Give us those five stars that we all want so much during this holiday season. And thank you so much for for being such loyal listeners. We send you a big loving hug from the Alarmist family. Hope everyone has a great time with their families and friends. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, today we'll be covering a holiday disaster. Who's to blame for leaving Kevin home alone in the movie Home Alone? Now, this was suggested to us by a listener on Twitter, Erin Canty. Uh, she's at Yes We Canty. Great, great handle. And she recommended that we do, even though it's a fictional disaster. Wait, Home Alone is fictional? Uh-oh. JK. Oh, Chris. Chris. 
And I, I just thought it was such a great idea. I, I had to do it. This has one of been one of my favorite Christmas movies. And we're really excited to point fingers at who's to blame for Kevin being left at home. The night before his family's trip to Paris, eight-year-old Kevin McAllister was having a rough time. After finding out that no one left him any cheese pizza slices, Kevin spilled milk and was yelled at by his uncle Frank. Look what you did, you little jerk. He was then forced to sleep in the attic. Before he gets put in the attic for the night, because of his temper tantrum, he tells his mom he hopes he never sees any of those jerks again, including her. The next morning, the family wakes up much later than planned after a winter storm causes a power outage to reset all of their alarm clocks. The McAllister clans, 15 in all, scramble to get to the airport on time. The oldest cousin, Heather, does a head count before the kids get into the airport vans and mistakenly counts a nosy neighborhood kid that's asking way too many questions. Kevin's parents don't realize they've left Kevin home alone until after the plane takes off. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. Kevin's ordeal lasts three days and two nights. Thankfully, Kevin survives. Kevin survives off of ice cream, fudge, and one microwavable macaroni meal just for him. Even though it was normal for kids to be left home alone in the 90s, for this long and for Christmas, it was unacceptable. Wow, what a crazy disaster this Home Alone movie is, am I right? So joining us today to figure out who's to blame is fact checker Chris. Hey, what's up, y'all? And producer Amanda. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) Now, today's episode, we are just relaxing. We are having a a, a family holiday, uh, an alarmist family holiday time. Um, And we're we're lounging by a fake fireplace. Mm, Yeah, it's really cozy. Yeah, we usually record in a proper studio, but today we're taking it to the couch. That's right. (laughs) Because let's be honest, we're all ready for the holidays. Uh, So if we sound super relaxed... It's because I, I'm, I have a throw on top of me. Mm, that's right. And I'm leaning back on a pillow. And I have a cozy cup of hot cocoa with marshmallows. <laughs> we could say anything and you have to believe us. You can't see us. It's podcast. But it's true. It's true. Now, I, I feel like a good way of going about this disaster is by doing a bit of a, a step-by-step walkthrough of what happens frame by frame yeah frame by frame 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 breakdown that's that sounds great yeah so uh, maybe you guys haven't uh seen the movie recently i highly recommend it it's a classic so the movie starts off with a a, a lot of family chaos right Mm. and and there's a, a a cop inside witnessing everything and he can't get anyone to talk to him. Now, I've never seen a movie where a cop can't get anyone to talk to them when they're inside of your house. But this is how the movie starts. So we know what we're getting into. It grabs you. It's a unique situation. <laughs> and it cuts to mom's room, right? She's packing. Kevin enters. And his first line in the movie is, Mom, Uncle Frank won't let me watch a movie, but the big kids can't. Why can't I? So we're kind of establishing that he's a bit of a brat. Yeah. 
Or he's the baby. He's the baby. He's a little, a little spoiled, a little entitled, mm-hmm. a little. And he bit. doesn't have a place in this family. Maybe I mean, what he can't go and watch. He's not old enough to watch the big kid movies, and he's also crying to his mom. It's like, where does he fit in? He's at that age where you're not a big kid, but you're not a baby anymore. So you're kind of caught between two worlds. He's medium sized. Yeah, yeah. He is one of the younger kids, except for Fuller, the bedwetter. Uh, cousin played by Kieran Culkin, of course. Yes, mm-hmm. the, his actual younger brother. So yeah, he. You're right. He doesn't have a place. And mom says, "Kevin, I'm on the phone." But Kevin's like, "It's not e- even R-rated. He's just being a jerk." And then mom says, "Kevin, if Uncle Frank says no, then it r- must be really bad." And you know, he continues to be brat- bratty. So we're establishing here that you know, mom is is the one who's calling the shots, maybe in the family. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Me too. Dad enters, right? And says to the mom, w- w- played by Catherine O'Hara, hey, did you buy a voltage adapter thing? She says no. And then he says, then how am I supposed to shave in France? Mom says, grow a goatee. Brilliant. It's <laughs> great dialogue. Now, I, I, I feel like it's important to talk about these the first scene that's happening in this movie. Because... We're establishing that dad doesn't, he apparently can't do anything for himself, or at least (laughs) is hoping that she's just going to grab this adapter thing that she didn't know he needed. Yeah. How come he doesn't know where the adapters are? Why is she in charge of everything? Right. And where are they going again? They're going to Paris. They're Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. That's why she says grow the goatee. They're going to Paris. Wow. I mean, what a holiday trip. Well, apparently right? it's it's a, a a relative of theirs has been transferred for work, and so they're going to go visit. I see uh, the relative. But to have a trip like that, I mean, I love the beginning of this movie because it is so chaotic, but it's also so relatable. Um, just the sort of panic. I know in my family, this panic would not only happen every time we would have a family vacation, but also every day trying to get to work in school, this is like a spitting image of Home Alone. And I'm talking just a family of four. Right. But there was a good chance even my mom dr- trying to take me to school would leave me behind. <laughs> well, my, my the story with my family is, the le- is they've left my younger brother behind at multiple locations when we were in, when we were all kids. But they left her, they left him behind at, I think, a baseball game of mine and at a local park. That is so, true. So twice. It happened twice. That's right. And and you, how many siblings? I have, there's only three of us. It's just t- little Tim is the youngest, me and Steve is the oldest. So it's highly possible that, you know, the, the idea of this movie is well, highly possible. It's like, yeah, it's, to Amanda's point, it's extremely relatable. Yeah. It's, I think so. And also it's like, it's not that heightened of a premise. And, and rewatching the beginning, um, the first 20 minutes which I just did before this, I was like, this is airtight. I could truly see this happening. But there, I'm just so excited to keep walking us through it because there's a lot of <laughs> There's people. a lot. So, okay, so there's a lot of people in this house. The cousins are here from Ohio. Uncle Frank and his wife um, drove over with their kids. One of the cousins needs shampoo. No one has shampoo. So it's, it's chaos, right? Mm. And then Kevin's mom tells him that he needs to go pack a suitcase and but he doesn't know how right so she just sends him off go go pack your suitcase and he this is what sends kevin off on this journey (laughs) 
<laughs> he tries his reaction when she tells him to pack a suitcase. His eyes go wide and he says, pack a suitcase. <laughs> like, it's really crazy. <laughs> he's, ne- it's, he's never, uh, that concept is so foreign to him. Yeah. yeah. And again, a great line because he is just at that age. Is he an adult or is he still a child? Yeah. Yeah. So we all went, yeah. yeah. Well, packing a suitcase is such an adult grown-up thing it, And to it's do. such a boring thing, and, and it weighs over you. Yeah, and it yeah. is a big responsibility. Totally. Like, how Be- do you know what to pack? It's like saying, pack a lunch. You're like, what? Yeah, I think that's actually an unreasonable ask. Mm. But what is he, eight or nine? What is yeah, he? he's yeah. eight. Well, that's, uh, yeah, it's on the border. I don't think I'd trust an eight-year-old to pack his own suitcase, but when if I'm in that situation and there's so much going on, you're just like, please pack your own suitcase for the love of God. Also depends on how he was raised. Does he go to a Montessori school? I mean, <laughs> he's also the youngest of 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 the siblings in, in the McAllister family. Mm. So it's like at that point, mom's tired, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah She's like, go. You. I, I packed your uh, brother Buzz's suitcase all these years. Like, it's up to you now. And then his sister Lenny taunts him with that famous line. What are you so worried about? You know mom's going to pack your suitcase anyway. You're what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> P.S. You have to sleep in, on the hide-a-bed with Fuller. If he has anything to drink, he's going to wet the bed. And that's when it goes crazy. Because, Kevin, the thought of having to sleep with Fuller on the bed really makes him go off the rails. Mm. I understand, too, that sort of stress of having to share a space with someone is really, um, it's a lot for a child to take. Especially a, a child that wets the bed. Like uh, if you, yeah. You're like, oh, th- that's anxiety inducing. And also mm-hmm. seems in some ways to want to wet the bed with the way he's chugging down the Pepsi. Yeah, that's right. Drinks- that's, sort of, that's sort of shit-eating grin that he s- s- shoots over at Kevin. Sort of tells us that he's aware that he is going to pee the bed. Yeah, it's almost like he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. more more Pepsi for me. So I, I would like to just start us off. I think we should put a lack of sleeping arrangement up on the board. Interesting, because what? it seems like they're figuring it out as they go. There wasn't a plan. Well, because the idea is is that now Kevin. Because he doesn't want to sleep in the bed, he decides to go up to the attic. Well, he doesn't know. So he was always going to be in the attic because I guess what his uncle or someone else is using his bed. So it's like no one's sleeping in their beds except for right. Buzz, right? And the parents. Right. But he was going to sleep in the attic with Fuller. Fuller. Okay, but Fuller doesn't end up sleeping in the attic. No, because he gets in trouble. Right. And Kevin gets in trouble yes. and gets basically sent up to the attic alone and he the mom is like okay fine we won't let fuller up i see but you have to go up to the attic so okay the lack of sleeping arrangements because this is i was just watching this movie looking at this house being like this looks like the most beautiful coziest house like i want to spend christmas in this house it's so also we're all kind of in the same age range that like i'm so nostalgic for that type of decorating Oh, like yeah. it's that sort of light pale walnut wood yes. and just the color schemes. There's like mauves and navies and it's just like so cozy and warm. But I guess, yeah, lack of sleeping arrangements. It is sort of the inciting incident. And the it's like part of the chaos. Yeah. This house actually reminds me a lot of uh, Chris's family house. 
up in Long Island. Mm -hmm. Just like a bunch of rooms and a lot of nooks and crannies and a basement and an attic, you know, like all that stuff. Nice old colonial. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it is. So first item, lack of sleeping arrangements has been put under the tree. Which is my little Christmas spin. (laughs) (laughs) Matt gave the seal of approval from very far. That's my husband, Matt Gorley. (laughs) He lives at the house, too. I'm the old man with the shovel. Oh, boy. He's creeping us out. (laughs) So... Kevin gets the news that he's got to share a bed with Fuller, and this changes everything. Then he goes to his older brother. Oh, God. Buzz. Mm. And he asks him if he can sleep with him, but Buzz is a bully with a capital B, Mm -hmm. and also has a buzz cut, which should be said, (laughs) and (laughs) tells him, like, get out. He says, the, the line is, I wouldn't let you sleep in my room if you were growing on my ass. Okay, we have to put Buzz on the board. Yes. I'm definitely going to insist on this, because if Buzz hadn't have been such a jerk, none of this would have happened. Totally agree. If he had let him just sleep on his bed. Yes. But judging from their relationship, I mean, why is Kevin even asking if he can sleep on, on Buzz's bed? Like, uh, but he knows the it answer. It really but doesn't seem like that. But that's little brother, big brother. Like, that's always how it was because I yeah, was bullied as a, as a um, little sister, but I only made me want to be with my sister more. Mm. You know, I would follow her around all the time and then just, you know, you're, it's just, you want, the more they kind of bully you, the more you want their validation. If only she hung, hung out with you more, she would have more effectively pushed you away. So <laughs> That's a sick way to look at it. <laughs> but Buzz is such a little crap. I mean, I did, I just know, I went to middle school with people like that i mean they're just the they're terrors well who has a tarantula as a pet like please you have to feed it mice ew mice guts yeah he said he he just ate mice guts so she should be good for a couple of weeks yeah although he's not the brightest buzz because he does he he asks his cousin if uh girls in france shave their pits or something Mm -hmm. and then says but there's what about nude beaches? And the the cousin's like, it's Christmas, like not in the winter. We're not going to a nude beach, something like that. What an idiot. So he's a perv too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he has a playboy perv. under the bed later on, we find out. But Buzz does everything he can to push Kevin to his limits. Mm. And yeah. he breaks him. And then Kevin gets in trouble. And so I would say that this is like, you cannot ignore Buzz's part. Now, Buzz gets a big old bow and he goes under the tree. Put him under the tree. And I also think that we can put Fuller under the tree. Oh. I think he's got to go under. His bedwetting ways are just not okay. <sighs> yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I think we have to put him on. Although I do understand that sometimes little kids just can't control themselves. <laughs> That's right. He's still a kid. <laughs> he's still a kid. But we're, we're putting him up on the board. But, but that smile, he sh- I mean, Amanda makes a great point. The smile that he shoots to uh, little Kevin, he knowingly maybe doesn't Maybe not knowingly, but it doesn't really seem like he wants to stop peeing the bed. No, no. So after Kevin asks Buzz if he can sleep in the room, he runs downstairs. Meanwhile, the cop is still downstairs and no one will talk to him or ask themselves why he's there. (laughs) The cop is still there. Okay. And this, of course, is Joe Pesci. Yes, Joe Pesci. Who then turns out to be one of the robbers. Spoiler alert. Oh, boy. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Sorry if you... 
They should really have seen this movie. Yeah, this is 1990. It's, oh my God, it's going to be 30 years. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, I'm not ready for this. So. I saw this movie in the theater and it was one of the first dates I ever went on. Here, say it on the. I asked you if you wanted to participate in this. I got to go. This is one of the first dates I ever went on was to go see this movie. Oh my God. Sick. How'd it go? Um, pretty well. It was a nice night. Krikorian Theaters, Woodwood Cinemas there by the mall. Carla Freeman, I hope you're well. <laughs> She's definitely listening. <laughs> so when Kevin goes downstairs, the pizza's arrived. They yeah. all, they got to eat dinner. It's the night before and no one's cooking. You know it. So dad doesn't pay. The first thing I notice is that dad doesn't pay. Well, the uncle. No, he says, I'm going to go get uh, money from Uncle Frank. But he doesn't. And then the next time you see dad, he's sitting at the kitchen table eating pizza. So he was just like, I'll go get the money. And then he just goes to the kitchen and sits down and eats a pizza. That's right. I mean, we should put. Okay, I I have a case for dad, but we'll get there. So he he says, honey, we got to pay the pizza boy. Mom doesn't seem bothered by the fact that he has yet to do anything and, he, and she goes and grabs money for the pizza. Now, this is when Kevin asks if anyone has ordered him some plain cheese. Oh, this is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And Buzz says that he ate it all. And if he wants any, he's going to need to barf it up. Well, that is just disgusting. And so mean. <laughs> do you guys know that feeling when... And this is like a true sensitivity of mine. But when the thing that you wanted to eat is taken from you and no one has thought of you and you were the one who wanted the cheese pizza to begin with and then all the savages ate it up like that truly has driven me to tears in the past. Well, there was an episode of Friends where Ross doesn't get to eat his turkey sandwich. Someone at his office eats it and he literally goes into a psychological break. And... (laughs) I can understand it. I can totally understand it. For me, it for me, it's more about when I'm cooking and I make myself a meal. And if it like if I drop you drop the plate or if something falls apart and I'll, it is a yeah more of a pert. Like if you do it to yourself, that yeah. bothers you more. Yeah, yeah. but I can uh, relate to Amanda. Like if it, it, it it's like that feeling of not being thought of or considered. It's yeah, because you feel invisible. So I've had this experience as an adult where like I've made something for a gathering and it's I put it on the table, but I'm so busy that by the time I get back to it, it's all been eaten. And Mm. I'm like, I didn't get a single bite. And I just like I won't show it, but I'm devastated. That is terrible. Horrible. But especially also like as a kid, when that happens, you're just like, nobody loves me. I know. <laughs> so sad. It's so sad. Cause, and also, when you're a kid and you're a picky eater, like, what is he supposed to do? Eat the one with onions on it? He probably mm. hates it. There's a reason. All he asked was for plain pizza. You always got to order more cheese than you think. That's true. That and let that uh, that lesson be learned. I think that whoever ordered the pizza should go up to uh, up on the board, or maybe the pizza guy should go up on the board for not bringing <laughs> enough pizzas. Don't kill the messenger. Don't not kill the not pe- enough pe- uh, I, cheese pizzas. I don't think we can put the pizza guy on the board. Okay. I don't think we. I think there's so many people to blame that we haven't even gotten to yet. I know. Yeah, Are you you're right. Uh, we're going. Okay, so we're putting buzzes up on the board, and uh, this is what happens next. So this, like Amanda said, brings Kevin to such anger. 
And it escalates so much that he tackles Buzz and makes him spill milk all over the passports and the airline tickets. I know. I also love that moment. It's so good where the mom, Catherine O'Hara, is like, everyone drink all the milk because she doesn't want it to go oh, back. Yeah. I was like, that's just so such real. a mom thing. I so love it. real. So then this is when it gets, this is why I think we should blame the dad. The dad gets up to clean the mess. Finally, he wants to do something, but mistakenly throws out a passport and some airline tickets. <laughs> that is such a duck. That is a, a moment that I had never noticed before. That I was like, I always knew that they were doing a head count later in the movie, but this ticket moment I saw truly understood for the first time, like, oh, like this is even playing in more to why this happened. I had never noticed that. And it's weirdly resolved because that there's dialogue in the morning scene where he says he microwaved them, like he cleaned them by micro or he dried them by microwaving them. Oh, I missed that oh, line. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah, because I mean, they obviously get on the flight, right? And it doesn't like come into play later. No, I mean, the, the passports are all... It's not like he throws all the passports out. I think it just happens to be Kevin's. Can we put the dad up on the board? I mean, Dad's going up. It's like the... I, I just couldn't get over it. It's like, finally, he gets up to do something and he messes up. Yeah. Oh. Big time. I know. The dad really is kind of a man child. <laughs> totally but, you know, I will say he takes more of an active role at Home Alone 2. The dad does. And and I watched that last Christmas, and the dad um, seems to have learned a lesson because he is more at the center of Home Alone, too. Oh. I have to rewatch that one. Yeah, I love that one, The Bird Lady. Oh, yeah. It's it's a beautiful movie. That's the one where he gets stuck in the hotel, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. The plaza? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. So, mom tells... Okay, this is when, uh, after the milk spillage incident, that's when the mom says, you got to go up to this third floor. And... They go upstairs, like, by the attic, which is, I'm assuming, the third floor that they're referencing. And Kevin says he doesn't want to sleep with Fuller. Mom says she's going to put him somewhere else, but Kevin's still in trouble and has to go to the third floor. So he has to sleep there because he's in trouble. I think we may have skimmed over an integral moment that really puts Uncle Frank in the hot seat. Tell Uh me more. When Uncle Frank says, look what you did, you little jerk killer line because that's you see that's the moment when kevin shuts down and everyone's against him and that's like really i think uh, has something to do i know the damage has been done because he's already been banished to the attic Uh but i think it's that moment where everyone is just like don't even think about kevin anymore he's trouble wow planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right. I mean, I, I yes, I think let's put uh, Uncle Frank up there and we have to put mom up there. We do. And I just want to say one more thing about Uncle Frank is that he's Uncle Frank is the source of a lot of the chaos happening in the house because he's demanding. He won't pay for the pizza. He's causing issues. He's not being a good house guest. He is he and his family, but he is the head of the family. And thus, like the responsibility falls on him. He's, I think, the reason why there's so much chaos. Hmm. Yeah, that that family. uh, I forget the uh, wife's name. Um, but she plays a bigger part later on when they <laughs> get off the plane in Paris. You mean Uncle Frank's wife? Uncle Frank's wife, yeah. Now, the two of them do have some, should hold some of the responsibility because, like you said, they're they not very good house guests. And maybe this, if they were just like had more chill attitude, then maybe there wouldn't be so much chaos. Yeah, and if they had been less demanding, too. But going back to what you said before we got to Uncle Frank, which was the mom needs to go on the board, I do think she does, because she, and rightfully so, like, I don't think she's doing anything out of, you know, that I wouldn't do, but she's being super dismissive of Kevin. Right. From the start. Starting from the pack your own suitcase. She just doesn't have time. She's overworked at the moment. So... Three new packages underneath the tree. Kevin's dad, Uncle Frank, and Kevin's mom. (laughs) We're just putting the entire family on, but that's why this movie is so much fun is because literally everyone plays a little part in it. That's Mm -hmm. right. So... Kevin then goes, you know, he's he's really pissed and he's he says that he doesn't want to see anyone ever again. Uh, and as if like taunting fate, the mom says, well, I hope you don't mean that. You'd be pretty sad if you woke up and your family was gone. No, I wouldn't, says Kevin. And then the mom says, then maybe it will happen. Then Kevin goes upstairs. And if you remember, he looks outside at the moon and he says, I hope they all just disappear. <sighs> So did he cast a spell on himself? Is it the moon's fault? <laughs> Should we put the moon under the under the tree? I was thinking maybe Kevin is some kind of like sorcerer or spell mm. spell maker. Master. I mean, is there something to be said for like Christmas magic? Oh, I love it. <laughs> put Christmas magic, and I do think I do think maybe the the moon. I don't know if Mercury was in retrograde, but I think that it's. It's very possible for all of you horoscope lovers out there (laughs) and astrology lovers that 
it, this feels like something that would happen while Mercury was in retrograde. So we're going to blame Mercury? I'm going to say Mercury is in retrograde just because we have a hint because of the moon and also because of what I know about Mercury being in, in retrograde. It does affect planning and transportation and technology. Wow. I wonder. So what year was this? I could probably find out like, if, if Mercury, Mercury was, was in, in retrograde. retrograde. Well, probably, yeah. Okay. So this was... 19, 1990, let's say. December, December 25th. Okay, so Christmas. December 23rd, 1990. Was Mercury retrograde December 23rd, 1990? <laughs> because that's when they leave. Yeah. So we're going to figure that out. But in the meantime, we have mom obviously on the board. Yes. Dad, mom is. Dad's yeah. on the board already, right? So then the storm hits. Now, the, the, there's, it's a windstorm that makes a branch fall that takes down a power line that takes out the power in the whole block. Okay, so once again, the weather. The but, weather. I mean, this is going all connected to the moon and Christmas <laughs> magic. I mean, I, I don't know if, if the moon controls the wind. <laughs> well, they definitely are in the same realm. <laughs> But I, you know, Mother Nature is to blame uh, uh, partly in this one, I think. So, oh boy, um. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is just racking his brain over there. Um, no, it was not a metro- retrograde. Okay, mm, then we that's can't. A we can't have it on the board. So yeah, but um, I do think we can put the storm up. I, the storm it has to be on the board. Has to be because without the storm, they wouldn't have overslept. They, well, this the storm t- makes because the power goes out, the alarm clocks turn off. Exactly, and it's pre, before pre iPhones, people. Yeah. So electricity was your lifeline. Can we blame the alarm clocks? Uh, no, no, I I think it's more the storm. The storm. I think the storm okay. is the source. Now, entire family oversleeps and. They're going to be late for their flight. It's a frenzy when they wake up. And now this is a pivotal point in the disaster. The McAllister kid. Oh, wait. Wait, no, the you. Neighbor? I'm sorry. The, the neighbor. neighbor kid. <laughs> <laughs> the non-McAllister kid. Although I will, I know the neighbor kid has to go on the board. And then I got to have to say, I'm going to have to insist Kevin goes on the board. Oh, Yeah. Kevin, Kevin should be on the board, yes. Well, what about Heather who did the ha- head count or that girl well, who did the ha- yeah, head Yeah, so there's Heather. But without – okay, so we should put the neighbor kid because he's the one who comes over for some reason to talk to the airport van shuttle guy. And he looks a lot <laughs> like Kevin, but he's clearly not Kevin. And that's when the oldest cousin, Heather – who's in charge of counting heads, starts counting. But of course, Buzz is trying to mess her up and counts the, the, the neighbor kid as Kevin. Right. He's facing... He's because facing, she's not... Yeah. He's she's looking not in looking the van, rummaging hardly. Through. Yeah. Yeah. He's got his back to her. But then the kid leaves and the mom comes into the van, asks Heather if she counted heads, and Heather confirms everyone is in the van. Yeah. I mean, I'm less keen on Heather just because she's not the most important player in the mix. But... 
I, I think you got to put her up on the board. Look, She's in charge of the head count. Look, okay, so this neighbor kid comes in. He busts in the van. He starts rummaging through these bags, right? Like through their, the kids' bags. Yeah. He's playing with yo-yos and he's like, but he's not facing Heather. Heather just grabs him by the head and counts him, right? As, as though he were Kevin. Now, shouldn't Heather like be able to recognize that Kevin's jacket or Kevin's hat or anything like that? Well, I mean, she's a, a cousin, cousin, not a brother or a sister. And she's also being tortured by Buzz. Yeah, Buzz is like three, four. I mean, I think we can put her under the tree for now, but I'm just saying she's a long shot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we'll put her under the tree and the neighbor kid, right? Neighbor kid and Heather are both under the tree along with the storm. Okay, and then that's where they take off. They go to the airport. And this, this is where it's interesting they're not all sitting together no, the parents, on the airplane. The parents are in first. That's right. And the kids are in coach. As it should be. <laughs> wow. You really think so? I do. I always feel uneasy when children are in first class. Oh, you're <laughs> suggesting that the opposite would be weird. But I guess I'm. we're just thinking... Well, shouldn't the parents sit with the kids and coach? Oh. <laughs> the kids are old enough, and plus the kids think it's fun to be by themselves. And there's older cousins to watch the younger cousins. Interesting. That's I, interesting. I mean, I mean, I don't know. They probably should be supervising. But, I mean, hey, if you can fly first. But if, if they all were together, then she would have noticed Kevin wasn't there. But I guess that's they- true. So it, could it be like the, their lust for luxury travel? Yeah, or like uh, elitism. Yeah, it all goes back to the parents. There is a keeping up with the Joneses element of these parents where they, there does seem to be this like uh, upper class sort of need to feel like, first of all, why are they go, why are they hauling 15 family members to Paris? Like, shouldn't they all just get a house somewhere in some sunny place down on? Well, they're going to go, well, they're going to go visit a family member. Oh, right. So, so we can assume – I'm assuming they got these first-class tickets with points. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, how do you fly so many people to Paris? How can you afford that? They do have a big house, though. It's the I, nicest on the I think they're, the block. they're well off. I think the, the family's well off. Well, the yeah. burglars later identify their house as – what do they keep calling it? Like it's the like tuna? the most desirable or uh, – What do they call that? Like the real tuna or something? Oh, did I you get know. that tuna? What do they keep calling it? It's like that's our big catch. Like, oh, like I, I don't remember. That's the re- they keyed this house as the one. Yeah. they wanted to get into because I guess they thought it would be the most valuable. But anyway, yeah, the parents are obviously obsessed with like luxury, they're obsessed with luxury, luxury. goods, luxury brands uh, being the, the best. <laughs> parents' obsession with luxury. Let's put that up on the board. Also, that you know, they the the big thing. This is the first time that they would have all been together if they had flown together, because the vans they had to get two vans, so she could have easily assumed Kevin was in the other van. Right. Van, and then you know, then there's the phone company that I feel like we can blame. All the phone lines are down for a really long time throughout the entirety of the movie. I don't. I'm not buying it, Rebecca. I think that all goes to the storm. Do you, you think that's the storm's fault? But they got the electricity back pretty quickly. Why couldn't they get the phones back quickly? <laughs> I mean, are we talking, what is it like PG&E? Is that a, that's the, who's responsible for all the wild well, this fires? Takes, oh, oh, PG&E um, in California. But this takes place in uh, Illinois. <sighs> I so mean, I don't know who's the, the phone companies. I, the, my, the only reason I think the phone company could be to blame is because the electric company had their shit together mm. and 
electricity they, came back that morning. What is up with the phone cables that they can't get them fixed? But what do you mean? You well, you have it switched though because the electricity is the alarm clock. Yes, the electricity and that goes, goes up. down temporarily. Comes right back up though. And then the phone line are out the entire movie, and th- that's why they can't get a hold of Kevin. Oh, I. Well, not, see they're not what you're out saying. the whole movie though, because remember later the bandits are in the wet bandits are in a neighbor's house and a, a, a call comes through and goes to the answering machine and that's how they realize that the family's in paris oh, that's and true. kevin's alone so the, so the, the phone, phone company phone lines come back eventually I but think, that's sort of like a gap in the in the plot that's like a plot hole because when then, do they come back why didn't they just call kevin at no the they house? do they call kevin so when they land in paris they they try to call kevin the the phone the phone's down and that's when she calls the cops, right? So then what happens is she calls the cops. And I mean, we should put these inept cops up on the board. Um, <laughs> yeah, because he comes to the house, knocks on the door. Three well, times, yeah. So she, she t- talks to the police officer who is wrapping a gift at work. The police officer is wrapping a gift at work. And she doesn't want to deal with the mom and just transfer, transfers her to family crisis intervention. And then that's when Larry picks up the phone, who's eating a donut, and he decides <laughs> that the child home alone is not a family crisis. And then he um, transfers her back to Rose. That's the first officer who's wrapping gifts. And the mom finally is like, you got to help me. And Rose says that they're going to send a police officer to check up on the son. But then the police officer knocks on the door, but Kevin's too afraid to open it because he thinks that that police officer is the first police officer who turns out to be the robber, Joe Pesci. Oh, is that what he thinks? I thought he just got scared by the guy with the shovel, the neighbor with the shovel. And so he goes upstairs, hides under the covers, and he thinks the guy knocking at the door is the guy with the shovel. Oh, it could be. Maybe, yeah. Because I don't know that he know he connected the Joe Pesci character with the cop yet. He hasn't seen the tooth yet. He hasn't seen the the, the, shi- the, the shiny tooth, tooth Um, It's possible. Regardless, this cop just knocks a few times and then walks away yeah, and right. is like, so whatever. Just... So I think we should put the Annette police force okay, up on the board. Okay, we're going to put that in under the tree. I think a lack of community should also be um, considered. Hmm. Because <laughs> when she lands, <laughs> the, the, the police, the neighbors, the Kate attendants, the, the, the airline, nobody can help. Nobody. It, 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 it's just nobody's helping. Is it the I'll argue that instead of lack of community, it's the. It's the stress of the holidays because holidays, what should be a relaxing time to spend with your family, often become a very stressful hustle and bustle, um, traveling, buying gifts. It's like we're losing the true meaning of Christmas here. I love that. And I think it's so I think it's this the stress of the holidays. Put that right under the tree, Chris. Okay, I'm going to tuck it nice in a nice... I'm going to wrap it up, put it in a nice package in a bow, and put it right under the tree. Stress of the holidays, which everyone can relate to, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so much pressure on these couple of days. Why? Because these are the times we have to... What? We want to make the most out of them. It's our time yes. off from work. It, 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 and why? Why are we doing it all? Right? Why it should be a nice ho- time. Every day should be a holiday. 
that's so that. you're kind of getting into the holidays in general. You're like, we shouldn't even make anything special out of Christmas. We should just. You're like a Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, I <laughs> in many ways, Chris. I well, I. What do they believe? I do like going door to door and just talking to strangers. <laughs> You're very friendly. <laughs> yeah, they don't celebrate holidays. Well, sure. I was just sort of saying, you know, all this stress and pressure on these holidays is just sort of like every day should be a holiday. I don't know. <laughs> I like it. Finally, I think the lack of flights into the Chicago airport should be put up on the board. Right. She couldn't get back quick enough. Oh, okay. You know? Because... Yeah. The airline is telling her that she's got to wait two days before she can fly back into Chicago. Oh, because again, it's, you know, holiday season. Mm. And there's just... it falls under the umbrella of the stress of the holidays. Yeah. Oh, you're saying, but there, there should be more flights into Chicago. Don't you think? <laughs> Aren't they all booked? They are. But, but they I add, add some more. more. <laughs> okay. Okay. I relent on that. <laughs> Also, like, there's something about that scene where she's asking that older couple if she can have their seat on the flight, which is so relatable. Like, when you have a seat on a flight, like, nothing is more valuable than that. You center all of your focus and attention and your schedule, like, relies on, like, getting home at this particular time. Yeah. And why is that? Like, what what is our – why are we so strict with get, arriving at the time where we sort of planned on it? It's just – it's true. Like uh, the second I get to the gate and I'm going to board a flight, like everything is about getting on that seat and getting on that seat like before anyone. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like that. That Why is that seat so valuable to us? Like why do we lose sight of sort of rationale in those moments? Yeah, people really do. People yeah. are like they just people hate when their travel plans change. It's right. like, but it's like they always do. Like yeah. it's just, especially when you're traveling at a busy time. So maybe we put the stress of travel up on the board as well. Ooh, stress of holidays. Stress. To me, it's umbrellaed under umbrellaed stress under of holidays. Yeah. But it's travel, just stress. Yes, it is stress. But yes, I think let's just put it under stress of holidays, I guess. Because it's like, if it were any other day, maybe you travel for business all the time. Maybe you'd maybe be you more wouldn't care. But the holidays, it's like, you're going to give up your seat. You're going to miss. Like, it's, yeah. it's, you're only going for four days. Like, mm. it's an already stressful thing totally. that's amplified by the stress of the holidays. Should I take a look at the presents that we have underneath the tree this year, guys? I think Santa wouldn't mind. Yeah. All What's right. under the tree, Chris? Under the tree this year, who's to blame for the Home Alone? plot <laughs> lack of sleeping arrangements in the McAllister home buzz fuller kevin's dad uncle frank kevin's mom <laughs> christmas magic storm the neighbor kid heather kevin himself the kevin's parents obsession with luxury inept cops the stress of the holidays and finally no flights into Chicago. Wow. I think this might be our longest list ever. Who knew? Here, do you want the list for reference? Yeah. I know my top three. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Now, I, I think, you know, just to cross Process some, of elimination. Yeah, okay, process of elimination. It. I think that we can get rid of Christmas magic. Okay. I agree. Because it didn't really contribute. It didn't help, that's for sure. No way to prove it. No way to prove it. I'll go ahead and Court say, I think we should take off the sleeping arrangements. Okay. Poor planning. 
Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm okay with that because it has to be more than that. And and I do agree that we should take Heather off because she should have been held. You know, she's a kid too. She's an older kid. But Bye. Yeah, Heather's not the most to blame. Honest and mistake. I'm going to say something a little bit controversial, but I think after the plane takes off, anyone on the board who's playing into them not being able to get in contact with Kevin, like the right. phone company, like like those the people to me, cops. the damage has been done. Right. So true. Okay, so the inept cops is off the board. No flights into Chicago. Take that's that off that's the board. not the board. Um, I think the stress of the holidays should stay up there. Though. I agree. Parents' obsession with luxury. That's gone for me. Okay. Well, I guess, I mean, it, 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 yeah. Okay. I, I'm good with that. I'm good taking that off. Now, what we have left are Buzz, Fuller, which I think we can actually take Fuller off. Because he's just a kid and he can't help that he pees himself. That's true. And when you put him besides <laughs> Buzz, I think Buzz is much more culpable. That's true. I would agree. So Buzz, Kevin's dad, Uncle Frank, Mom, the Storm, the neighbor kid. I think we can take the neighbor I off. I agree. It's not his fault. He's annoying, right? No. And, and uh, in other people's business. Kevin and the stress of the holidays. Now, you wanna, yeah, go on. I don't know. I just want to narrow it down to the top three. I feel like that was a... Who are, what are your top three? I guess I would say the stress of the holidays and the two parents. Okay. I have to agree because as much as I hate Buzz, you're, it's the parents' responsibility to make sure your kid is on the plane. 100%. I agree. And and Uncle Frank, like it's a we all have annoying uncles out there. He didn't help. Him and Buzz are help. are horrible, but they again, they're just a couple of jerks and you little jerks. Yeah. You got to learn to adapt to jerks in life. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, you can almost make a case that Buzz being a bully is sort of, you know, part of development of life. Hey, look, there are going to be bullies in life. You're going to have to learn how to deal with them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the parents. I mean, people should not be bullying. But yes. Now, can we say both parents or do we have to choose oh, one? that's tough. Well, I would say. Being a parent is should be a joint responsibility. Absolutely. So I feel uncomfortable putting uh, blame separating on them. separating them. I agree that it's it's tough for me because I'm so mad at Buzz and that uncle. But I do think at the end of the day, and I don't real, I'm not mad at them for this. I think it could happen to anyone. But the parents let the situation get out of control. Yeah, they did. They did. I mean, you can you can talk about sleeping arrangements with the parents. You can talk about the stress of the holidays. But like the parents, if they had things on lockdown, if they were if they were a better unit, better at communicating with each other, yeah. you know, they could have had a more peaceful home and more had a better grasp of the of the goings on. But what about the storm and Kevin himself? <laughs> Those things, I definitely the storm. I think it's up there. But storms happen all the time. They should have had a backup plan. Oh, yeah. You can't just have, you know, rely on one alarm. They have to, they should have had uh, side alarms, like pocket alarms, like I did when I was a child. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not, we can't all be like you, Rebecca. (laughs) Yeah, the storm, the storm and holiday stress are both, 
I mean, I like them. They played into it. But again, everyone has holiday stress. Not everyone is leaving children behind. There's storms happening all over. Not everyone misses their flight. Right. If anything, I think the storm is a little bit more pertinent than holiday stress just because it is a little more specific. But I will say that, you know, it just doesn't have to be that way. As a society, why do we, you know, why, why are we so antsy? Like... It's also the parents don't have good boundaries because they shouldn't be letting these people come and take over their house. And I get family is family, but like, why would you want to do a trip like this with all of these people? Like, I don't know, maybe it sounds fun, but not really to me. I I love that. I think that the parents' boundary, lack of boundaries, the mm. parents' lack of boundaries. Although they were certainly setting boundaries with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> maybe in the wrong places boundaries in the wrong places i mean they stuck him up on the third floor in the attic all by himself so they did have boundaries they just they got caught up i to me the parents and now i'm changing my tune a little bit but the parents and the stress of the holidays i think is the answer for me it's like the parents with a um a tinsel of Stress of the holidays. Look, the dad is the the roots, the mother is the tree, and the tinsel on top is the stress of the holidays. I would say maybe it's um, what the stress of the holidays does to parents. What do you think about that? <laughs> <laughs> it turns. How do you them put in, that in jail? I think we're sending Mister and Mrs. McAllister to the alarmist jail. I think, I think that's so? what it is. Not not holiday stress. They were disorganized. They weren't prepared, and I just think they're both going to the alarmist jail. Okay, so it's settled. Kevin's parents are going to the alarmist jail. Bye, guys. Wow. Wrapped in a bow. I mean, take that with a sip of eggnog. That's incredible. Well, you know, it's sort of a a very, you know, not a very surprising finish. You know, we kind of... Started there, and that's where we ended, and we that's okay. We had an okay. inkling, yeah. But, um, but you know, it can happen. It could, the, 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 the point is that it shouldn't happen to everyone, but it could happen to anyone. Wow. And that's what makes a good movie. That's <laughs> and so that's why Home Alone stands the test of time. So I have to chime in and just say, since we're talking about the stress of the holidays, I'd love to encourage everyone to check out my new podcast. Well, it's a, I've done a series. I've got four seasons of a series called The Complete Woman. It's a fiction comedy podcast. Um, Rebecca and Chris are both in it. And the new season just launched called The Complete Christmas. And it's all a send-up of 1960s self-help for women. And I play a character who's like a repressed housewife. And in the new season, she... Um, gets so overwhelmed with holiday stress that she has a mental breakdown and decides to cancel Christmas. But she's visited by her three appliances who take her on a journey through space and time a la The Christmas Carol. And it's really fun and it's out now wherever you listen to podcasts. So, and I'll, you know, I'll plug the trailer in so you guys can take a listen. The Complete Christmas, a morality tale for tired mothers and wives. I'm best-smelling author Maribel May. I've saved your marriage, and now I'm here to save Christmas. Starring Paul F. Tompkins as Santa Claus. Go Prancer, go Dancer, go, uh, Smokey. Stephanie Allen, Maria Blasucci, and Angela Trimber as the gals. It's a woman's duty to make the family happy on a Christmas morning. Matt Gourley as Frecklin May. 
Honey, I'm Ho Ho Home. Carl Tart and Mary Stone as holiday swingers. That's that jive ass turkey James Bond. Ooh, hot daddy, you got it. Kate Berlant as Rhonda the Robot. That's right, I'm a robot and it's my honor to serve you. Carrie Kenny as Tiny Tim. I'm grateful that my rash has finally cleared up. Paul Rust as the holiday pervert. Merry Christmas, my oh, and a happy new year. And of course, Amanda Lund as Maribel May. Get ready for the journey of a lifetime, the complete Christmas. Coming December 3rd. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't heard the whole Complete Woman series, I highly recommend. We love. We love. Huge fans. And I play Juanita. And she's one of the, the greatest joys of my life. Oh, Juanita's amazing. And Chris, and this new season plays Joseph. That's uh, right. I play Joseph, who has an awkward conversation about um, the Immaculate Conception with his wife, Mary. <laughs> Who he had nothing to do with the creation of uh, her child. Mary Grill, who you remember from the Salem witch trials. That's right. Well, thank you so much. Everyone have a happy holiday, and we'll see you next time. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to our website, www.thealarmistpodcast.com, or send us an email at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at thealarmistpodcast or Twitter at alarmistthe. Tune in next week as we'll be tackling the worldwide frenzy and disaster that was Y2K. Have a great one. Erios. Powered by ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.